hello 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 and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast so today is a kind of a, a kind of a special enough episode I haven't done one of these for a while in relation to kind of a, a mindset episode or a solo episode or a Q&A episode for a Monday podcast for quite a while and the reason for that is just felt like kind of taking a little bit of a break from interviewing some of the amazing guests that I've had on and some of the guests that are coming on for the rest of November are are amazing and I'm really, really looking forward to you kind of listening to those episodes. One is on hormones and then the other one is kind of more of a mindset getting out of your comfort zone and dealing with kind of social stigma and, and it, it's the the social stigma one the hormone one is very 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 good and thank you to Matthew and Jenny for coming on. So Today's episode is I put a story up on my socials, kind of looking at what kind of content people wanted on the podcast over the next little while. And there might be a little bit of a pivot in relation to what the podcast is going to be looking like for the rest of the year or in 2023. It may go back to one a week, depending on how I feel that things are being received and all that kind of stuff. So I will keep you in the loop on that. So today's episode is kind of questions that have come in. So it's kind of, there are a couple of episodes that have already kind of linked in with some of these topics already. So the main one being is in relation to how can you kind of maintain fitness and nutrition goals as a parent. I will stay in my lane on that one. But there are episodes in relation to that already. There's one with Daniel and Amanda from Recalibrated Bodies. And then there is another one with Danny Matranga who talks about things as well on that side of things as a parent. So I'll put those two into the show notes. The second one, that I'm going to talk about is why eating more can help actually help you to lose weight and it'll be interesting to hear what you think about that because I know it's kind of like a little bit of a, a kind of a it kind of confuses an awful lot of people when they kind of see posts about oh I'm eating more than ever and still losing weight so that can trigger people it can annoy people it's like I don't understand it because I thought it was calories in calories out so I'm going to understand I'm going to make you I'm going to try and make you understand and try to get you to understand what people are meaning by that and then the last one is in relation to books and I'm going to kind of give like a couple of nutrition books and a couple of mindset books that might help you along your journey if you are new into kind of fitness or nutrition or whatever it may be with books I'm always kind of scared of giving out kind of recommendations on books because you need to be at a certain point to be able to kind of for that book to hit you like I've read a lot of books but some of them haven't hit me at certain times and then you go back to that book and it hits you like a ton of bricks like I know I've spoken about another episode on books already and there was books in that that hit me at the right time like man's search for meaning hit me at the beginning of the first lockdown that we had and it was just the, the content and that was applicable to where we are at or where we were at at that stage and there's other books that i've read that i'm not afraid to kind of say and i would always recommend this to people is you don't always have to finish a book if you're not enjoying it a lot of people think that they have to finish a book you don't have to finish a book if you don't enjoy it and there are books that i haven't enjoyed and there are books that I absolutely adore. And there's some books I take one message out of, well, then it's worthwhile. And there's some other other books that I take nothing out of. And there's other books that you kind of get a, a better understanding or a different way to kind of verbalize a certain thing. And so that's where I kind of at. So the first one I'm going to kind of talk about, I, I will kind of stay conscious of this, that I'm going to have to stay in my lane as this because I'm not a parent. And it is about to kind of how to manage your nutrition and training as a parent and a lot of kind of like pts or nutritionists P- pts in particular can be a little bit kind of bro or a little bit harsh on things that you don't have time and that can be conducive to some it can be hurtful to others and not conducive to others so it depends on where you're coming from so what i would look at as and i've seen it with my mates who are starting to have families and their their kids are absolutely amazing that the kind of the priorities have changed you're looking you're responsible for someone else now on top of what you are responsible for yourself or your partner or whatever it may be or you're maybe going solo or whatever it may be and it's something to be cherished is about having that kind of ability to 
have family time, about that having the ability to cherish those certain moments and kind of watch people grow up. You you have an extra mouth to feed one, you've an extra person to look after, and it can be a massive responsibility. Your sleep tends to go a little bit off, your nutrition maybe a little bit go off, your training or nutrition tends to go off because of priorities. The priority is the other person that has been brought into this world. And it's important to realize that it is it, it potentially the priorities have changed for you and it's important to look at the first one that we're going to talk about is managing expectations so before potentially the kids came along or whatever age they are if you've got a newborn it's going to take you a while to kind of your sleep's going to be broken nutrition's going to be a little bit off but that's your, your the priorities aren't in relation to training or nutrition at that time they may not be at that time and that's okay but that leads back into expectations and the expectation for a lot of people is that they're just going to go straight back into what they were doing straight away so if you've been training normally or you've been training consistently before kind of the the kids kind of came along and then the kids come along and routine is completely changed the expectation is that you're just going to fall back into that and that can beat people up that they haven't gone and go back into that routine and that's through no fault of their own but it is about managing expectations and about kind of understanding that you're life has changed you're a little bit more responsible for the people your values have potentially changed that it's kind of like a little bit more family orientated a little bit more other people making them happier a little bit more concerned for other people's health and then your your own needs and all that kind of stuff may be parked a little bit but one of the things that kind of really helps when i talk to kind of parents in particular is managing expectations and what do i mean by that when people think about fitness and training and nutrition, they generally bring an element of perfection with them. That if it's not perfect or if not, if everything isn't perfect, then what's the point? And that can beat themselves up. And that's a perfection mindset. It doesn't mean you're a perfectionist. It means you potentially perfection mindset. And that generally comes from childhood. It generally comes from parents. It comes from bullying. It comes from trauma. And it's something that you're like, if I can't control everything, well, then nothing's going to get controlled. And a lot of people, when they try to go off on a fitness and nutrition journey, is that they think they have to have every single meal prepped. They also think that every single session that they do needs to be one hour in the gym or one hour of booty blast or one hour of hit sessions or whatever it may be. It doesn't need to be that. It doesn't need to be that. It doesn't need to be an hour long walk. It doesn't need to be like two or three hours of your life kind of going in that direction. It doesn't need to be that. A lot of people can beat themselves up because they're not matching up to their expectations that they've kind of created or they're watching other people on social media and seeing these people who have had time. They're watching other people like their friends and their friends are kind of managing to get yoga in or they're managing to do X, Y and Z on top of it. But managing the expectations and saying, right, if I look at, say, November, or I look at, yeah, let's look at November when this episode's going out. For the remainder of November, what is good enough for me? That could be getting three walks in. That could be getting one walk in. That could be getting two sessions in. And the sessions don't need to be one hour sessions. They could be 20, 30 minutes. If you've only got 20 or 30 minutes for you, well then do something for you. And there will always be something to do like housework or cleaning up after or having a nap yourself. And that's okay too. But if it's a constant kind of thing and you're not necessarily matching up to what you want to do, that's where people can kind of get bogged down and kind of beat themselves up and beat themselves with a shame stick. But constantly berating ourselves or beating ourselves up with a shame stick never leads us in a direction at all. It never leads us to anything conducive, never leads us to anywhere we want to go. So I would look at it from a point of view of what is good enough for you? So write out what is actually good enough for you. What would, and I've got a couple of, a few clients who do this in the last little while of write out what a perfect day would look like for you. Write out what a good enough day would look like for you and write out a day or a week uh, when, when say something will ramp up like the kids get sick or whatever it may be. Look at what you can do on each of those days and, and notice what the changes are. If you can aim for more of the good enough days rather than the perfect days, you'll probably be a little bit, you'll probably move that needle a little bit closer to where you want to go. And then if you say, right, what can I do when the kids are getting sick? Well, I'm just going to focus on getting my regular meals in. 
because if you don't get if you don't have your regular meals in it's it, it becomes a little bit more difficult to keep your energy up you get a little bit more stressed a little bit quicker you feel a bit more fatigued probably pick a little bit more so it, it's kind of realizing that the expectations that you have to be perfect all the time you're never going to do that the expectations kind of change and they take a little bit less pressure off you and kind of say right my expectation is right this is what's good enough for me and then if i look at what's good enough for me when day when days ramp up that that's good enough for me as well so it's about managing expectations of you don't need to do one hour sessions in the gym you don't need to do one hour walks if you don't want to if you only got 20 minutes that's okay another thing that another really, really useful tool for a lot of the clients who use this like i would say 85 percent of the clients bring have brought this in which is booking in you time and a lot of people can kind of there can be kind of um what's the word kind of a little bit of a standoff or kind of like a little bit a standoff the wrong word but it can be a little bit more of a kind of they can feel pressured by having a little bit more structure and i would always kind of say like structure leads to kind of ultimate freedom and then that also leads or discipline and then discipline leads into freedom so if you can look at your week like if you look at your your work week or your calendar right now you know when your kids events are you know when your kids birthday parties are you know when your kids sports are on you know when your work meetings are everything else is booked but there's a common common theme there that not a lot of time is booked in for you so i remember when i bought this house in march when i was coming to see the house in probably november or december of last year i remember walking around this house and i was kind of like walking around the kitchen and the people i bought it off were a married couple um with two young kids i think three and one maybe or three and less than one and what they had up on a notice board or uh, yeah a notice board was they had a calendar and what they had on that calendar was a kind of like right saying i'm gonna pick up two random names these aren't their names like so it's kind of mary and pat two generic irish names so mary and pat would look at their calendar and say all right i'm in the office and these days i have mary would train in the morning pat would train in the evening or mary would say i'm going for a walk here pat would and put it into a calendar and sit down and plan it with your partner and if you haven't got a partner and you're you're a single parent asking for help of those around you I'm, I'm i am fully aware that not everyone will have that support group or feel like they have that support group that I'm, I'm fully fully conscious of that so that may not be it's doing the best you can it's looking at what is good enough for you and that leads back into that but the importance of what mary and pat have done is they've got an outline and saying right this is what i have my time and this will help me bring me closer to my goal and i actually met mary shortly after i moved into the house and she brought dropped in a present for me and I was kind of said, we were kind of talking or whatever, and we were kind of having an informal chat. And we were kind of like, I really noticed that. And she was like, yeah, we brought that in before the kids kind of came in because we knew how different it was going to be. We knew how life was going to change. We had spoken to our friends. And this was one of those things that brought in focus for us. And it was just interesting to hear from that. They valued health and fitness and they made sure that they didn't drop that. And that's not a dig at anyone. That's just saying that that was what Mary and Pat wanted to do and that's aligned to what they wanted to do so if you look at your calendar right now everything a lot of focus is being put onto other people and not a lot of focus is being put onto you so if you sat down with your partner or sat down with your calendar on a sunday for five or ten minutes and book in where you can fit in 20 30 minutes for yourself 15 minutes for yourself 10 minutes for yourself and look at when you can do that you probably move that needle a little bit further than actually not having anything done for you and it can be really it can be really really helpful and it also outlines it also takes the pressure away because you're not leaving it up to chance you're not leaving it up to motivation you're not leaving it up to whatever it may be you know then what to say yes and no to obviously things will crop up with kids that's what happens kids get sick but it's understanding that it will help to move the needle a little bit forward towards towards where you want to go and it will ultimately guide you to where you want to go so it's looking at what's good enough week for you and what's a what's a what's a week where things kind of ramp up for you leading back into that expectation for yourself 
Like it's not always going to happen. There's not going to be a lot of people think that they're going to get five sessions in in a week. A lot of people think they're going to get five one hour sessions in a week. Why not take the pressure off and say, right, I am going to try and get. You can definitely get your go with two eight sessions a week. Doesn't matter how long they are, if you're pushing yourself for. 20 30 minutes and they're intense and you're kind of enjoying it and that's what you value or your 20 30 minute walk walk is the most underrated tool in your arsenal right now it really is most people forget about it it's the most underrated tool for people right now and for mental health one and for fat loss two and three but a lot of people can ultimately forget uh, about kind of like what what's going to help them so if you what helps me and what has helped me is if i I'm setting myself a goal of say a 12 week training session block setting out your, your kind of like your time frame of a 12 week block write out on a calendar or on a piece of paper what's coming up for in the for in the 12 weeks okay so week one all good week two all right we've got a wedding week three week four all good week five got a night out with the girls night six seven all good eight nine uh we're away for two weeks 11 12 all good so there's nothing coming up there's three four weekends that out of the 12 that there's something coming up okay so your expectation is you know those kind of like three four of those weekends or even say three weeks of those kind of weekends out of 12 are going to be kind of like a little bit out of routine they're not going to be normal weeks or weekends for you Okay, so you know that. That's your expectation. You know that's happening already. So how do we manage those weeks? Well, we focus on the weeks where you may have that little bit more laser focus. You may be able to book in your weeks. So what do you want to achieve? So your goal is potentially fat loss. All right. In order to get to my fat loss goal, I am going to, in those 12 weeks, I am going to get two sessions a week in those 12 weeks. So two by 12 equals 24. So for me to get my goal, I'm going to get 24 sessions in in 12 weeks. If I miss a session one week, I'm just going to get it on to the next week. But if that's continuously happening, there's an issue with your values. There's an issue with your priorities. So your expectations start off small. When we're setting goals, people are like, I'm going to train five days a week. I'm like, how often have you actually done that? January, I'm like, yeah, how often does that last? Two weeks. So set yourself up small, two or three sessions a week. So you've got 12 weeks. Bring in two or three sessions a week. So that's 24 or 36 workouts in your 12 weeks. If you get more, great. If you get less, it's something there's a little bit off with potentially expectations or versus your reality. And you're we're potentially leaving it up to more chance. So book in those two or three sessions into each week. So if you know your weekends are a little bit different, then you bring the focus in and getting your sessions during the week. If you know that your sessions or your weekends are a little bit more free, well then you bring your focus in and, and start maybe start your week on a Saturday. So you got Saturday, Sunday, and then you need to get one more week workout in during the week. And that can really help. Regarding nutrition, people try to be perfect too often. People try to be perfect with their nutrition too often. And if one meal isn't according to what they their expectations, it's like, well, the whole week's a write-off. Why not try to just have regular meals? It's It takes the pressure off. Eat when the kids are eating. Don't cook separate meals. That the, that the, you may have fussy eaters, so it may not be possible. I'm fully aware of that. Have smoothies on the go when you're potentially driving in the car. Do a little bit, cook a little bit more in the evening from your dinner and have that for leftovers the next day. Get a meal prep company like Drop Chef or Clean Cut Meals, something like that. Have handy stuff in the fridge or the freezer or in the larders like eggs, beans, toast, whey protein powder greek yogurt turkey rashers those kind of things that are handy and are cheap and they will have a shelf life beans are like the kidney beans or whatever it may be that they last get those packs of rice they can just microwave them if you want but a lot of people would think that's too easy or people think well like well that's not perfect it's like it doesn't need to be perfect because perfect isn't moving that needle forward perfect is stopping you from where you want to go so potentially book in a shop a day where you go to do your shop or do your shop online, whatever you prefer. Some people hate online shopping. I prefer to just get out of the house and do the online shop or to go to do the shop. But other people, you may not you may not value it enough to actually go out. And then the sometimes an analogy that might help some people 
is kind of like cruise control versus that that always pushing the accelerator so what this necessarily means is a lot of people think that they always have to have the foot down on the accelerator when it comes to a fat loss goal and if the accelerator is eased off they haven't got the habits or behaviors in place so they just drive the car off the road basically but why about what about when things have ramped up or the kids are sick or whatever maybe we go into cruise control and use those habits that we've kind of gained when the accelerator is down and we're, we're nailing everything that we can and using some of those habits when we're in cruise control where and, and you'll probably get closer to your goal so i'm hoping i'm making sense with what i'm trying to say is we can't always have the full, full accelerator down with our nutrition and our training there's times where life will crop up and things will get in the way so Rather than always relying on the foot and the accelerator down, we tend to ease off, put into cruise control, and we try to use some of the habits that we've used during the accelerator down to guide us to where we go, managing our sleep, managing our stress, regular meals, those kind of things that will aid us to where we want to go, and use those when the cruise control ramps up. And that leads into what I've said of what's good enough and what's good enough when things when life ramps up. That leads that in. So it's the cruise control versus accelerator analogy. We can't always be full on with our goal. There will be times where we'll need to focus on can we use the habits that have created the atmosphere for us. And then the last one I think is a really important bit is the social circle or social support. Research and research has been done on this that those with social support are kind of a kind of help from friends, family, friends, whatever it may be, can guide you a little bit further towards your goal. It is really, really important that potentially the partner that you're with or if you're a solo parent that you have people around you you may not have that and i am very conscious of that if you do have it you are very very lucky and it is important to be able to leave your ego at the door and ask for help could you do a carpool could you ask one of your friends or your neighbors to take the kids the odd day or if you have your parents nearby and ask them to kind of babysit or friends to babysit could you chat with your partner and say this is what i'm doing that i'm doing this for myself could you help out that a little bit more because potentially your partner is potentially i've had this conversation with one of my clients recently that their partner was playing football kind of like two nights a week and they weren't able to do as much as they wanted to do but it's like have you ever voiced that to your partner and they're like no it's like well he voiced it to you so have it have a chat and she was like he, he was like, bang on, okay, I'm surprised I haven't said it sooner. So it has worked for them. And now that he's on Monday and Wednesday playing football, and then my client is training Tuesday and Thursday, and it's his time to, time to take it with the kids. So having that social support, leaning on other people, not trying to do everything, not being a rush, a busy fool, not trying to do everything for everyone else and not making time for you is generally where a lot of people struggle. But if you sit down, all right, what's good enough for you? What's, and that's going to move the needle more forward than trying to be perfect all the time. And what's going to help you? Uh, what do you need to do? What's going to aid you on times where you know where it's going to be a little bit busier? Potentially prepping the odd meal, potentially having regular meals and focusing on your sleep. That's all that you could need to do that week. It could be easier and it, it, it can be as easy as that. The needle, the foot on the accelerator doesn't always need to be there. There will be times and weeks where things are a little bit busier, a little bit more stressful. But if we can nail our sleep, get our regular meals in, it's probably ticking both of those or one of those. It's probably leading you a little bit further than doing nothing on those weeks. So the things again are control, sorry, expectations booking in you time cruise control versus the accelerator down planning things out or cooking a little bit more meals or whatever it may be you're planning your sessions and social circle and support so i really hope that helps like it's i'm not i i don't i'm not a parent so i have to stay in my lane on this i'm only giving you ideas that you could implement but I think it's about implementing something into a routine and probably trying to fiddle around and try and try things out rather than kind of like the, almost that paralysis by analysis kind of element that a lot of people can fall into. Some people can manage it, 
but that makes it means that it can happen. If no one could manage it as a parent, that would be very, very different. And when I've spoken to people who are kind of fitness and nutrition, that's that leads in with their values, so they don't drop that. But that might not be for everyone. Some people don't like training, some people don't like walking, and that's okay. But it's managing your expectations that that doesn't lead in with your values. So it's linking in and saying, right, what do I actually value? What will I actually enjoy? Is it yoga? Is it going for a swim? Is it going for a walk with the girls Is it or the lads or whatever it may be? Linking in what you value will probably lead you to a dire- better direction rather than focusing on what other people are doing on social media. Like, and that can be triggering, but you owe it to yourself to alter your food. If you are finding your feed, shall I say, if you're finding that a lot of people are, and you're sitting there watching social media on the couch for three hours in the evening, there's no, there's no issue with that if it leads you to your goal. But it's for a lot of people, it probably won't lead them to their goal. Potentially going to bed a little bit earlier could lead them to their goal. Potentially doing a little bit of stretching could lead them to their goal. Potentially going out for a 20 minute walk could lead them to their goal. That really, really could help. So I really hope that has helped and I haven't come across as kind of too bro or whatever it may be. But it can come down to expectations. It can come down to lack of you time and what you value trying to always be perfect, look at what's good enough, social support and circle. So the next section of the episode is in relation to how eating more will help you to gain fat loss, all right? So gain fat loss, that's really weird wording, but I'm gonna go with it. I'm not editing this podcast. So it will help you on your fat loss journey. So when, I've kind of asked clients a few times in the last kind of in a few weeks on kind of like welcome calls with the one to one clients. And when you dig into it and you're kind of like, what's your definition of weight loss or what's your definition of fat loss? They kind of name a few words of like miserable, starving, deprivation, restriction, can't have this, can't have that. I've been good. These kind of wordings can kind of come up. And if you actually look at that's what's been taught or not taught taught's the wrong word been rammed down our throats since we were young that you need to look a certain way you need to be deprived of nutrients and food in order to get your goal in order to kind of diet successfully but if we change the definition of diet to way of life and that's what i try to bring in with clients way of life if you think of it that way and I remember an episode that I listened to and I've kind of probably referenced this about 20 times on the podcast at this stage. I remember listening to an episode of this of Sigma Nutrition Podcast with Danny Lennon and Danny's been on. And if you're a PT, you haven't listened to Danny Lennon on Sigma Nutrition and Alan Flanagan on Sigma Nutrition, I would highly recommend it. If, if you, and I remember an interview that he did and he asked someone about kind of like, what's the definition of fat loss? He was like, it's, or definition of a diet. It's kind of something that you can stick to. So if you look at, and he also kind of said, I can't remember his name for whatever reason, my head's gone blank. I don't think I've had enough caffeine. So the he asked the question of, if you can't stick to your diet for five or 10 years, is it really the diet for yourself? And if the answer is no, well then it's too restrictive. So diet should mean way of life. That you Not that necessarily you're gonna be on a diet for the rest of your life, it's that can you stick to what you're doing for the rest of your life that's going to stick to and aid you towards your goal because there is the stat of 95 percent of people fail diets and that's potentially through the diet has been restrictive potentially there are other mental health ailments there as well the education has been hasn't been provided the the plans have been too restrictive they've involved taking out a food group or whatever it may be but if you reword what diet means or weight loss means from restriction and misery to aiding you helping you that could be a lot better and that leads in with why how why eating more can actually help you lose weight so we know that in order to lose weight we need to eat less than our body needs consistently to lose weight in order to gain weight we need to eat more than our body needs in order to gain weight okay so it's kind of calories in calories out that's the basic premise, okay? But this is where people can get confused. When I say that eating more calories will help you to gain 
or to, to lose fat. People get confused. And what I'm trying to say is by eating more rather than the deprivation diets that most people go on, you will probably increase your adherence by and also increase your consistency, therefore improving your results and therefore improving your everlasting results. So it's not trying to override the whole element of calories in, calories out. It's an element of trying to increase your calories so you have more energy, you'll have better sleep, manage your stress better, and you won't and you're having more nutrients and more vegetables, more wholesome foods for yourself on a regular basis. So you'll have more energy to get through the day, and that will lead you to being a little bit more consistent. Because consistent is that sturdy C word that a lot of people forget. So an awful lot of people when they open up my fitness pal is a prime example. And a lot of people are going to be nodding their heads themselves while listening to this and kind of saying, this is me, this is me. A lot of people, when they open up my fitness pal, will go for a two pounds of weight loss a week weight loss goal. Okay. And they'll end up with a very, very low calorie amount. Often 1,200 or 1,300 calories. So they are the calorie recommendations for generally a four or five year old kid. So, most of us are not four or five year old kids. Yes, there are people who will need 1200 calorie diets on certain things and whatever it may be, but major vast majority of people don't need to go that low. That's my opinion. People can have various different opinions, but most people don't need to go 1200, 1300 calorie diets. Those who do are potentially shorter in stature are potentially morbidly obese and they need to be put on those in order to kind of get quicker results in order to improve health markets quick quickly or something else could go wrong or they're potentially leading into type 2 diabetics or diabetes but i have completely digressed so what happens is people have entered in a tool using a tool of two pounds of weight loss a week and they have basically going into full restriction mode by going for those calories and then if they don't hit those calories they beat themselves up and stop and they end up overeating that's always going to happen it's not through fault of your own it's probably due to wanting to get the goal so quickly but not having the foundations in place or the knowledge in place but if you set to yourself and what will generally happen is it'll be 1200 calories on monday tuesday wednesday and then it'll be 3000 calories thursday friday saturday and sunday and by doing that your calories will be in and around 16,000 calories on average for the week okay but if we went through with the approach of say 1700 monday 1700 tuesday 1700 wednesday 1800 on thursday two and a half friday two and a half saturday 1700 sunday you'll probably lead in with and i'm not great with maths but i'm just gonna for argument's sake the calories will end up in and around kind of like 13 or 14 thousand calories now there's a massive difference between those there's three thousand calorie difference in between those two numbers one is restrictive and one will bring you over your calories and one will bring you to a more consistent level of calories. You're able to have your food and enjoy it. You're able to have your weekends and enjoy it and you're able to reset. So if we aim for a weekly calorie average of, of calories, you will probably feel a lot better rather than only aiming for one day at a time. And by having that little bit more food when you need it and want it, and having those kind of like chocolate bars or crisps, in your day and include them into your calories if you are counting calories that will help you a lot more it's not overriding the whole element of calories in calories out that's not what's happening at all but what it is doing it's increasing the calories that you potentially have given yourself by a few hundred and those few hundred calories will end up giving you more energy so you have less stress more energy and be more consistent it's nothing to do with the calories in calories out argument that's set in stone that's fact what it's trying to do is increase your level of adherence and trying to increase your level of consistency there are people who have higher appetites than other people and there are people who have less appetites than other people 100 percent. and people don't like eating in the morning and some people like eating in the evenings there's neither is wrong approach neither is right or wrong that's the big thing it's what person's dependent but if you're on very very low calories you become more irritable your libido will go down your energy will go down you'll become a hell of a lot not 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 a nice person and you'll beat yourself up by increasing your calories that little bit more it will increase your adherence it could 
bring you to better results and maybe a half a pound to a pound of weight loss a week on average of weight loss. But if you go for half a pound of weight loss on average a week and do that for a whole year, that's 26 pounds of weight loss in a year. If you look at the approach that you've taken of two pounds of weight loss a week on average and you do that for two weeks and don't do it again and it ends up leading into a gain, you're going to be worse off. You're probably going to be up weight. So by aiming for a slower rate, for some people this will help. Aiming for, imagine your expectations of, like let's get a little bit more food into myself so I'm not starving. So you shouldn't be, I don't, like there's people when you're bodybuilding and kind of doing um, photo shoot prep and stuff, then hunger will be ramped up. But so uh, for, for, or you've got like a quick deadline or whatever, that's when you, hunger may be an element. But I will always have a, I have a hunger scale on my, on my check-in form. And I'll always ask, well, where's hunger level? 10 being ravenous, one being that you're kind of like, you're, you're not hungry at all. And most people, I'd say 99% of people are in and around kind of like, I'm not hungry at all. I'm kind of like three, four. Like I'm not hungry. I'm content with where I'm having because they're having more consistent meals because they're having that little bit more calories and they have almost trusted themselves or it's, it can be hard to unwire and rewire. It's because that association you have of, it's almost a positive reinforcement in your head of, I need to restrict my calories in order to get to my goal. Every time I've lost weight, I've restricted. And you associate with either being really, really stressed and losing weight. So you think you need to be stressed to lose weight. You associate, I, every time I've lose weight, I, I, I lost 10 kg when I was on 1200 calories. And I've, and that's, that's what's worked for me. It's like, well, has it worked for you? Because you've, you're up 5 kg afterwards. So the, the foundations of the, the kind of like the nutritional values and foods weren't educated to you or taught to you, shall I say. It's you're so associating dieting with being miserable and restriction with being successful. But that's kind of like counterintuitive when you think about it. You're a positive reinforcement of saying this is what I need to do in order to get to my goal of restriction hasn't led you to that direction you tell us you latch onto a story that i need to restrict in order to get to my goal that's not what the case is but if you look at the clients that are successful with myself and whatever success is better relationship with food getting back their cycles managing pcos better managing endometriosis better a better relationship with food better body image whatever success is it generally involves Managing your stress, managing your sleep, giving yourself unconditional permission to have that little bit more food. Fear ramps up because you're so ingrained, so ingrained in us and in the culture that we need to starve ourselves in order to fit into social culture. We don't. So when I talk about that, you need that. I would like having a little bit more calories is more to do to adherence, which will improve consistency, which will improve your results. A lot of people associate the need to be very very low calories in order to get their goal but those same people when you look at stress levels levels of adherence the results that they've gotten in the past hasn't led them down the long-term solution of diet is a way of life the habits the foundations those kind of things haven't been educated to them and haven't empowered them to where they want to go through no fault of their own they've just fallen down with the kind of like it may have been pushed on them by family or whatever it may be and latched onto that. May have tried certain clubs or whatever it may be. But it's the important element of it has to be is when you start off, is it sustainable? Am I taking out any food groups? Am I going to be hungry on this? Am I going to be able to stick to this more than one day? They're the four criteria that I would look at before you start anything. And if the answer is no to any of those, it's probably not the right solution for you. So I really hope that has made sense. If you do, if it doesn't, pop me a DM. So I really do hope that has helped and I haven't meant to go on for 40 minutes of kind of mini rants. I haven't felt a rant for a while. So the next one and the last one I'm going to be talking about is kind of book recommendations and 
I would always kind of err on the side of caution when kind of giving out book recommendations. These are the books that I would probably recommend people to read if they are starting out on a fitness and nutrition journey. That will help them to educate them, will lead them in the right direction, and will help to improve their knowledge. So the first book that I would recommend is by a very, very good friend of mine, Brian Keane. And it, it, well, he has a couple of books, a few books that I'd probably recommend. There is The Fitness Mindset, which is the very first book that Brian has written. And I read that book uh, when I first started out in fitness or before I even started out in fitness. And it really does help to dissect a few things and dissect a few stories and look at what's leading you, what's directing you. But the book that I'm going to focus on now is in relation to a book called The Keen Edge, which is by Brian Keen, and it links in with more the nutrition side of things, breaks down the myths, talks about self-sabotage, breaks in nutrition info into the most basic language. And Brian has a very, very unique skill of, because he's been a teacher in his past life, he's able to explain things as if he's talking to a five-year-old, the most complicated information as if he's talking to a five-year-old. So it talks about the basics of nutrition, the basics of kind of like calories, basics of, of kind of training, basics of kind of what particular types of training there are, the mindsets are applicable to it, the all or nothing mindset, the self-sabotage and that element of it. And it's really, really useful and leads into Brian as a nutrition course that I would highly recommend some PTs to do, some nutritionists to do, and for people, general population to do as well. And you become a certified nutritionist out of it, not a kind of like a qualified nutritionist, but a certified nutritionist out of it. But I would recommend Brian's book if you are, and you can get it on Amazon, you can get it in any good book store as well. I would highly recommend to kind of read it. You can, it's very, very easy to read, easy, easy to dissect. And Brian's a good pal of mine. I'm not getting any of this kind of like a referral code, but I would recommend. And I'll put the, the, the podcast that I've spoken about with Daniel and Amanda and then the other one that I spoke about with Danny. And I'll put in the show notes for the books that I've kind of recommended as well that could help and guide you. And then the second book that I'm going to talk about is a book called Is Butter a Carb? Or sorry, Butter is Not a Carb. Jesus, I nearly got that very badly wrong. So butter is not a carb. And in that book, um, it's it's it is it's a very, very good book, and it's by it's by Rosie Saunton Helen West, and it unpicks the kind of like the fact v fiction in the world of nutrition. Like a lot of people when they think of nutrition, it's kind of very black and white. It's very either it's this or it's not this. But more often, than, more often than not with nutrition, there's never a definitive. There's always, it depends. It depends on where you're coming from. It depends what the person or the individual is doing as well. And with that book, there are two registered dietitians and they're the founders of the Ruder Project. They explore everything from the anecdotal evidence and unsustained facts about food to the real science around calories, nutrients, and the, the food that we consume every day. They kind of look at that there's nothing to be feared from fat or carbs for the majority of us. They also looks at the diet industry and what that's created and the culture that's created and the weight stigmas, the diet culture. They took, take a deep dive into gut health, which can't be overlooked. They look at the emerging science between food and mood and the gut connection that happens as well. They talk about allergies and tolerances and what's fact or fiction and what to watch out for that as well. They break in what calories are, the different macros, what they do. And it, it's a very, it, it debunks the myths and it, it, it really, really is an important book. It's evidence-based, body positive, very practical. And it is probably one of the, the best books out there regarding kind of like debunking myths around nutrition and it's very very easy to read for everyone you don't need to be a nutritionist for it so butter is not a carb is a fantastic book that i would recommend for people to read as well on kind of on the nutrition side of things so the two recommendations on nutrition that i've kind of spoken about are butter is not a carb and the keen edge by brian Keen. the next one is kind of more of a mindset book in relation to life in general but a lot of it can be applied to what we do in general on a day-to-day -day basis, but also in relation to 
a weight loss or a fat loss goal which an awful lot of people are a training goal and one of the hardest things that i come across as a coach is the element of the language that people use around themselves sometimes it's very coarse and sometimes it's kind of very hard to read and listen to and it can take its toll on the individual and it can take its toll on other people around them and the most important thing is with this book which is self-compassion by Kristen Neff Kristen is one of those kind of I want to get on the podcast it's very difficult to get Kristen on but this book offers practical guidance and wise guidance on the kind of the path of emotional healing and deep inner transformation and I've got a couple of the clients and recommended to a couple of clients recently and I think the best synopsis of it was I've gone for other health and this is one of my clients words I've gone for other kind of self-help books this isn't wishy-washy this is very practical there's practical homeworks in it and it's straight to the point and no bullshit so it's important to know that it's not one of these generic self-help books that people read and never use ever again if you're going to use self-compassion by Kristen Neff there are homeworks to do in it if you don't do the homeworks in it it becomes a lot more difficult so Kristen Kristen excuse me is professor in education psychology and kind of the world's leading expert on self-compassion pioneer herself who established self-compassion as a field of study and Kristen offers itself a powerful solution for uh, kind of combating negativity and insecurity love from living in a very high pressured world and you can get it on audiobook you can get it on you can get all the books that I've spoken about on audiobook by the way I think I'm not sure if you can get his butter card but you might be able to but the book also talks about elements from Kristen's life and the audiobook really helped me to kind of get the tone of what was actually going through in in Kristen's life and understanding that none of the things that we have in our lives there isn't someone else who hasn't gone through it we all can fall into this victim mode of why me and I fell into that and it's like well why not me why does someone else have to go through it and I'm not allowed to go through it the book recognizes that we all have weaknesses and limitations but it's accepting and accepting that we can discover new ways to achieve improved self-confidence contentment and reach our highest potential it's a huge book i would i could say like not that it's a huge thickness book but i highly highly recommend to kind of read it and it it, it i read it during the first or second lockdown i think it was and it's i would highly recommend to yeah i would highly recommend to kind of to kind of read it and kind of lead you and do the homeworks as you're kind of going along get an audiobook if you're kind of using it as a way to kind of study while you're out in walks but the three books so far Krista Neff Keen Edge Butter is Not a Carb those three books I would highly recommend and that's kind of like the mindset version of it there's mindset elements in Brian's book as well and they would be probably be the main ones that I'd recommend on that side of things and then if you're looking to as a nutritionist or whoever you are if you're looking to improve your education around kind of like female health or the menstrual cycle there's two books and i had lara on so lara bryden's books period repair manual which is a pink book and that is kind of for education and nutrition around for people or those with menstrual cycles before they're 40 and then there's the hormone repair manual which is a yellow book with blue dots on it and that's more orientated towards perimenopause and menopause it's quite a there's a lot of technical stuff to it there's a lot of sciencey stuff to it it's not one of those that i would recommend to read if you are how do i say this if you're looking for an easy read on a sunday when you're trying to chill and relax it may not be that book but if you're looking to educate yourself and slowly read it as you kind of go along then I would highly recommend to use it. Like I'm looking at my book right now beside me and it has kind of kind of like the dog ears on it or little 
notes and post-its all over it so it kind of leads me to different sections of the book it's one of those that you kind of refer back to that's what i would refer it back to um period repair manual by lara bryden is a pink one hormone repair manual for kind of those going through perimenopause is an art is a yellow book those two books they talk about pms they talk about thyroid they talk about perimenopause menopause kind of like pcos endometriosis uh, pre and postnatal digestion and a lot of the information and i was very lucky to have lara on the podcast and it's it, it's incredible to see how far that book and how how much reach has that is that has got but that will be the kind of like the female health side of things that i kind of recommend there are other books that i've read as well but those two kind of stand out for me there is the m word by dr philippa k for menopause and perimenopause there are other books as well that i kind of recommend but i'm not going to recommend loads and loads of books because you can get over over kind of subscribe with a load of information and kind of can cause overwhelm and people are overwhelmed already with the amount of information a lot of people just need to actually apply some of the information to their lives it really is a case of needing to apply a lot of it because it's so easy to be in that rat race of trying to want more and needing to know more information. But if you actually stopped and look at from any book that you've read, how much have you actually applied to your life continuously? Like there's other books that I could recommend and stuff, but I just don't think they're kind of suitable for a lot of people right now for where they want to go. Like there's other good books that I have in front of me that I'm reading at the minute. And I just don't think they're going to be suitable for an awful lot of people. So those four books I've talked about is Butter is Not a Carb, the Keen Edge by Brian Keane, Self-Compassion by Krista Neff and Lara Brydens. I'll put those notes, I'll put those list of books into the, the notes and you can, I'll put in Brian's in particular that you can just click on the link. I'll just put the links into the books anyway. I don't get anything, any cut out of these at all. I'm just kind of just recommending books out of kind of something that would help you. So I know it's a, a nearly an hour long rant from myself and i hope you have enjoyed the episode so we've spoken about the act the kind of nutrition training element as a parent and what can aid you kind of talking about expectations cruise control first the accelerator down social circle that side of things then we've spoken about why eating more can actually help you to lose weight and then we also talk about books so there's a lot there and if you've enjoyed this episode at all you want me to do more if you have topics you want me to cover that haven't been covered already because i'm conscious that the parent one has been covered by daniel and amanda and danny already but i just wanted to put my own spin onto it but if there are topics that you want or need or whatever it may be please do kind of reach out and if you have any questions at all please let me know so click into the link in the bio in the kind of like the write-up if you're looking to buy those books uh butter's not a carb keen edge self-compassion and period repair manual and hormone repair manual so hopefully you've enjoyed this episode if you have please do tag and share me up on your stories please share it with your friends go and buy those books apply the information if you're still not sure of what i've kind of spoken about please let me know and i'll try to explain it a different way and maybe do posts or reels or whatever it may be on it So hopefully you've enjoyed the episode and I will talk to you very, very soon.